no, hello, hello. I was definitely <laughs> my brain. I go my, I'm sorry, my brain switched at the last second, but I was about to go. I knew that. Bilingual. <laughs> Thank you. My bilingual brain fucks me up sometimes. Anyway, um, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Comedy Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Mia. And I'm Decoria. And welcome back. We are still in the swing of October. Thank you for being patient for this week's late episode. Shit was going on. We partied during the weekend. I didn't recover in time. <laughs> My sleep schedule didn't recover in time. So I asked for uh, a give day. But you're still going to get your two episodes a week because that's what we do. Y'all, we're almost at 200 episodes. Did you know that? No, like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, we're like, this is, you're yeah, at 180. 180. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we hope you enjoy all of our content as we continue on in the spooky season. Um, the weather has dropped, <laughs> dropped um, to the flow low uh, out of nowhere. So I hope that you still wearing your sunscreen because even though it's not summer, the sun did not disappear, my friends. Put it on your neck, put it on your ears, um, drink your water, still got to stay hydrated even though you're not sweating just because, you know... It's humid outside, and I hope you're having a great day as we jump into the 30-year sequel, <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2. Woohoo! I put a spell on you. Uh, Marin, mm-hmm. have you seen Hocus Pocus the first? I did, but I watched it either last year or like at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Interesting. So this wasn't a childhood movie for you. No, but the characters are so iconic that it almost felt like it. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. What about you, Corey? Have you seen Hocus Pocus the first? Yeah, I saw it a lot as a child. They used to play it on TV quite often, like on ABC Family and stuff. So I would literally yes. see it every year near Halloween. Like they like you know how they used to do those like 31 nights of Halloween yes. or whatever on TV? It was always <laughs> in that rotation. <laughs> Uh, Nia, is have you seen Hocus Pocus first? Yes, I watch it like nearly every Halloween. It's mm. been a part of like my routine. Yeah. So yes, it is, since it aired in 1993, when we were not even born, um, it's definitely in my Halloween Rolodex as well. With that being said, children, Hocus Pocus 2 is a 2012 American fantasy comedy film directed by Anne Fletcher and written by Jen D'Angelo, produced by Walt Disney, a sequel to 1993, Hocus Pocus, which stars Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, I keep forgetting that that's her. <laughs> and then I look at the face character, and I'm like, that is fucking Carrie. That's Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, Kathy um, Nazim Doug Jones, uh, a plethora of other casts, and new kiddos who uh, is played, our leading lady is played by Becca. Becca is Sarah Jessica Parker, da, 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 Gilbert Willie. Whitney Peak, yes. Um, we have Belissa Escobedo as Izzy. I'm sorry if I fucked up your last name. And then Lola. Buckingham as Cassie Trakes. So, this is 
Um, just like it is 30 years, it's been 30 years since the original film was released. It's been 30 years since the Sanderson sisters were seen. So we open up the Disney film with a bird flying over crystal clear waters. And we are back in the Pilgrim Times, child. We are in Salem, motherfucking Massachusetts. And I just, seeing Salem reminds me of, what is the, the first colony that disappeared? Roanoke? Roanoke, yes. I'm always, I'm convinced them bitches got killed by the Natives, Americans, people, <laughs> um, and, you know, indigenous people. But, you know, the people of Salem, they, they lived, unfortunately, fucking Um The clothes were not it. 1653, the aesthetic disgusting the life is <laughs> the trenches the buildings are ugly the outfits are not giving and but we're brought in to Salem in 1653 and a young Winifred Sanderson is just pushing everybody out of her way move she does not have time for it she walks home and she's up fucking set motherfucking reverend Traske is saying that she's getting old she just turned fucking 16 and it's like you have to get married it's what you're supposed to do she's having a fucking meltdown i'm having the meltdown with her because she's a what a freaking child so her sisters um mary and sarah are there and they made her this <laughs> gelatin cake that's how you know that they- life is bad <laughs> She called that gelatin cake divine. Oh my god! <laughs> what was in the cake? I gotta know what was in the cake. I just gotta. I gotta know what was in the cake, just real quickly. She said some drastic, some um daunting shit. She was like goat's blood. I was like, sis, um, I know you're excited, but that does not. Okay, wait. wait. Pig's hooves mixed with water. It created a mysterious goo. Uh, Mary had a wonderful idea of adding a mix of drops of goat's blood and it's jiggleth. I am sick to my stomach. Gelatin is disgusting. Anyway, um, as Winifred is having his breakdown and her sisters are trying to, you know, soothe her, Reverend motherfucking Trask comes bang, 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 banging at the door, saying, telling Winifred she has to get out. Um, Winifred opens the door and her very much sassy um way um he's like i'm giving you a chance to accept this marriage to john prickus and she's like hmm, let me think about it hell no <laughs> double down no you know she cussing taking the lord's name in vain um he's like a tone for your disgusting words and she's like bitch you thought i'll marry what's his name um, I'll marry Billy Butcherson before I marry John Prickett. He's vile. He's like, you're not pretty either. And she's like, why would you marry him? Billy's like, why me? We kissed in the woods. Oop. Um, so, but Winifred is not having any of it. And she tries to slam the door in the reverend's face. And basically, these holy for out thou people decide they were to drag her sisters away. And... What were they gonna do to Winifred? They weren't gonna hang her. They were just gonna be like, get out of town or some stuff like that. Yeah, um, banish them, separate them from her sisters, and then and banish, banish her from the town. Yeah, banish her from the town. Some bullshit. Um, 
But Winifred and the girls were not having it as the Reverend is dragging her sisters off to be, you know, um, adopted into these other homes where they're going to raise her right, quote unquote, um, a spider that they had collected and gave to Winifred as a gift shows up on the Reverend's clothes. And honestly, as a prior arachnophobe um, who studies spiders, whatever the fuck that is, is scary. Spiders with thin legs and thick ass bodies are terrifying. Um, but everybody's freaking out. They were like, this eight-legged devil. And I'm just kind of thinking, do y'all not have spiders in England? I don't understand. <laughs> have y'all never seen a spider before in your life? But whatever. It's enough, it's enough of a distraction for the girls to run into the Forbidden Forest. They're like, we've never been this deep in the woods. They're scared. They're thinking of doing a calming circle, thinking soothing thoughts. When they suddenly hear a song, come play with me, children. Come play with me. And then this beautiful black and red crow turns into a motherfucking witch. Um, the witch immediately tries to eat Sarah. Um... Sarah and she's like and Winifred was like let go of my sister and the witch touches her she's like oh you're not like other kids you're powerful and mother witch is like you know what I have a gift for you it's your 16th birthday and she gives her book the book of spells and so as they're flipping in the book of spells Winifred sees Magicae Maxima which is a all useful powerful spell and as soon as she sees the spell the book closes and mother says that is a all powerful spell to make any witch the most powerful thing but she must never use it and Winifred instead of being like yes ma'am she goes why <laughs> she's just like because the price to pay is too much you know whatever which uses that spell has to pay for it she's like okay I promise I'll never use that spell and um the witch makes a remark she says you guys are lucky to have each other a witch is nothing without her coven and they ask mother witch what happened to her coven and she says they're all gone unfortunately and so after um mother witch gifts Winifred the book Winifred and the girls go back to town and they use the fire spell and set Reverend Trasgate's house on fucking fire and thus begins the reigns of the most powerful coven in all of America the Sanderson sisters now we jump forward to 2022 29 years after the Sanderson sisters were resurrected by the black flame and candle by what's the virgin boy from the first movie whose name was bop bibbity boop bop max um it's been 30 years since then and so salem teens becca and izzy are um it's becca's it's halloween but it's also becca's birthday and it's tradition between becca izzy um and their friend group to have like this kind of um birthday celebration where they kind of go in the woods and they light candles and they like you know think good thoughts motivations intuitions into you know bring good energy into the new year and so as we watch becca and izzy get to school they um run in to Cassie, who seems to be an estranged friend. Cassie's like, oh, well, happy birthday. And Becca's like, thanks. Um, And we see that there's a little tension between them. And we come to the conclusion that Becca's boyfriend, who is the, mm, he's a few uh, crayons short of being a rainbow. <laughs> not in a gay way, just that the boy is not the brightest. Um... And he and 
Cassie are dating. And it seems that for the last four months since Cassie has been dating this boy, she has not been hanging out with Becca and Izzy. And Izzy's just like, well, Becca, when maybe she was waiting to, um, for you to invite her, she's like, she knows what we're doing. Why would I have to invite her? There's obviously tension between Becca and Becca. The three have been friends for a long time. They get to biology class where Becca pulls out a stone. And she's like, what do you need? And Izzy asks her, what do you need to look for? And Becca goes, well, I have a feeling there's going to be a pop. She's like, bet you $10 there's going to be a pop quiz today. Um, and so then we get um, jock boyfriend saying some very dumb shit. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, you guys are witches and you do seances and shit. But, um, you know, Becca makes the attempt to ask Cassie if she's going to come. She wants to extend the invitation for a party when she finds out that Becca is having an actual Halloween party at her house, though her dad would never let her. And that's exactly what Izzy says. Your dad's going to ground you for life if he finds out about this. Um, but Cassie's like, whatever. Teacher comes in, of course they're having a pop quiz because Miss Becca is what? Intuitive. And um, of course Jack boyfriend freaks out. He's like, Oh my god, how did you know that? She was like, I just had a feeling. And so Becca continues to mess with this guy and says some a list of vegan <laughs> ingredients. They sound like spell words, and he freaks out. And the teacher then sent him to the principal office. Um, as a teacher myself, that was not great classroom management. You could have just separated them. The principal's office. <laughs> was overkill but anyway so um cat uh becca is waiting in front of the front office waiting for the principal cassie comes out <laughs> and becca says the shadiest thing she's like um you think your boyfriend's gonna lose his way i was like damn sis <laughs> y'all are really not tight like that anymore um they have you know a, a, a much more attention and we find out that the dude or whatever is getting detention on Saturday. Becca goes in to get her punishment. And then we follow Becca and Izzy as they go to the magic shop. Becca and Izzy continue to talk about the situation with Cassie. Um, oh, well, first they actually meet Cassie's dad as they're walking past the Halloween, the annual Halloween festival in town. Mr. Trox, Trox, Trosecki, yeah. Um, pretty nice guy he doesn't know that um the girls and cassie are not friends like that anymore he's a very nice guy he's running for mayor and he's very excited about the sandy's candy apples that he got to come to the festival oh my god and so um becca and izzy heads to the magic shop which is iconically formerly the sanderson cottage and it's run by our brother gilbert he does this he does this um he's doing a storytelling about the sanderson sisters and what happened 30 years ago and why the sanderson sisters were the most powerful coven and that it is said that if a on a full moon if a um if a virgin girls light the black flame candle the sanderson sisters can rise once again until sunset and so we listen to gilbert we see that he has book in chains that people like what you think the book's gonna um come out he's like it's not for the book to get loose it's to make sure nobody gets into the book and so then gilbert gives um becca a present which is a funny looking candle um um and he gives lizzie some free angelica leaves and of course becca and izzy do what they do every year they go into the forbidden woods and um light a candle and they say their um 
their annual um, maiden mother and crone speech about bringing in good fortune, good luck, good intentions. Um, they light the candle and turn to a sparkler, and they're like, God damn it, Gilbert, you almost started a forest fire. And then they get it to blow out finally after um, Becca pours water on it, and then it lights up again. And now we're in the spookiness as the ground begins to crack and it turns red. And so the Sanderson sisters rise. Um, the Sanderson sisters rise and immediately go into song. I laughed the fuck out loud. I was like, oh, we're just going into a number with no warning. <laughs> no break, no nothing, no hello. Like, no nothing. First thing, first, first thing they did was sing a tune. What? <laughs> <laughs> you rise from the dead, bitch. We're singing. We're happy. It was so funny. I got scared for a second because I thought this was about to turn into a musical. Yes. But Disney Channel movies are always good for a good number or two. You gotta have the iconic OST for it. And so the women get into the song. I don't even remember what the song was. <laughs> but it was a it was a nifty little tune. Like we're back, we're witches, something like that. Um, and so Becca and Izzy are like, are those the fucking Sanderson sisters? And she's like, yeah, that's the fucking Sanderson sisters. And Becca's like, why the fuck are they here? And Izzy's like, um, virgin full moon candles? Yeah, fuck Gilbert. And they're just like, they try to run, but the Sanderson sisters stop them. And they're like, um, oh, we're ready to eat you. Well, first, um... Winifred tries to call Book, but Book's locked up, so she can't get him. And so she stops the girls, and they're like, oh, you're teenagers, let's eat them. And she's like, huh, we're not teenagers. And he's like, we're not teenagers. We're just young-looking 40-year-olds, and we eat children's souls just like you do. And Becca plays along, and they talk the Sanderson sisters into thinking that nobody eats uh, children's souls anymore they already sell them in potions in the store so you have to bring them to the apothecary um the yes the apothecary yeah whatever um walgreens basically (laughs) they bring them to walgreens um the sisters are intrigued because all of the bottles say youth and baby skin and all that stuff. And they're like drinking lotion and eating face masks. <laughs> and I was just like... Yeah, didn't they say one of the face masks tastes like raspberry or something? Yes. I was just like, props to the prop team for making all of that look real yet edible. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. So as the Sanderson sisters are doing their thing, Izzy and Becca do try to escape, but Mary brings them back. And then... While the sisters are distracted by another group of girls who were dressed as the Sanderson sisters, you know, Becca's like, yeah, they're your idol. They love you. Whatever. Izzy goes and gets salt because Becca knows salt um, protects you against black magic. And so um, the girls who are dressed as the Sanderson sisters take a picture of the Sanderson sisters with a beauty filter on. And they're like, oh my god, we look so lovely. But since they see the reflection in the theft mirrors that make you look hideous, and they're like, oh my god, we've been lied to. And so they try to attack Becca and Izzy again, but Becca pours the salt, and therefore they are protected. So, um, they out with the sisters and they head straight to the magic shop to confront Gilbert. And Gilbert's like, yo, I'm fucking sorry, but did you wake them? You woke them? That's so cool. And so, um, she's like, we have to get the book and get out of here before the Sanderson sisters 
get here, but it is too late. The sentences are here. They're very sad that their cottage doesn't smell like death anymore and they don't have rat tails hanging around. But you know, Gilbert's kept the place in good condition. And so the sisters lock Becca and Izzy in a dungeon <laughs> underneath the cabin. And they basically tell Gilbert that they're going to do the Magicka Maximum spell, which they promised their witch mother not to do. But they're going to do it because they don't want to die again and they don't want to have to wait until sunset to for their demise to end so they have to get all these ingredients including the blood of their enemy and they see a flyer the from that is mayor Trotsky, and they're like oh my god it's fucking reverend Trotsky. he must be a descendant we gotta go get his blood um and so becca and izzy are trying to find a way to get out of this flipping um the flipping dungeon gilbert's life gets tied to an hourglass um and he basically has to go get all the other ingredients that the sisters need a petrified spider juice of like an akela berry um which is butter which i still don't know what the fuck that is <laughs> um, and some other stuff um so the sisters head out to find the blood of their enemy becca and izzy realize that they can break the spell if they use the angelica leaves um lizzie tries it at first she's like let us loose let us loose they let it on fire it doesn't work but when izzy and becca do it together it works they can get out the stairs and get to up until the cottage this is after they called cassie to try to warn her that her father is being tracked down by the sanders sisters but because of the spell even the phones don't work so they break the spell they get back into the college they look for the book the book does not want to go with them and there's a cat there now if you remember in the first movie the cat was the older brother of the little girl who sold they took that ended up getting them killed um i don't remember what happened to him in the first film did he die or was he like released from the curse and he passed away he was released from the curse and then yes he released from the curse and passed away. And they called the cat by name. But I don't remember whose name it was. And so they think that the cat is an actual person and not, uh, you know, a cat. Oh, but I think it's Binks. I just watched Binks. the first movie. Yeah. Oh, they called the cat Binks. Yes. The, the, the cat's name is Cobweb, though. Um, or so we, we assume the cat's name is Cobweb. <laughs> um... Anyway, Beck and Izzy get out. The book will not go with them. So they they, they have to get um, Mayor Trotsky out of the festival where the Sinister Sisters are headed to. So they call him and tell him that Becca is having a house party. So he leaves his precious candied apple line and goes to Becca. The Sanderson Sisters, um, you know, they fly on brooms. One's on a broom, one's on a swiffer, one's on two rob. <laughs> Mary is on two robotic vacuum cleaners <laughs> broomies who were like now evil and like eating popcorn off the street the vacuum cleaners were a funny addition because she was on an actual vacuum in the first one <laughs> so the movement to the like little robo things was interesting i didn't know they sold those at walgreens though <laughs> so um they're at this festival they see all these people in these costumes and things like that and so they head towards the stage and um, the guy's like, Sanderson sisters, you, you're looking for the stage. And they get on, and it's a Sanderson sisters costume contest. And of course, the actual Sanderson sisters lose. And they decide we're going to bewitch this crowd um, 
to help us find Mayor Trotsky. And so they sing a rendition of um, I'm Gonna Get Ya, which was fun. While they're doing that, Becca and Izzy have taken Gilbert's tram to Cassie's house where her father has just broken up the party, grounded her for life, and told her to clean up. Um, They get there. Um, They're like, bang, bang, bang. Sanders' sisters are after your dad. And Cassie's like, what the fuck? Becca's like, where's your dad? Cassie's like, he went back to the festival. And they're like, oh my god. <laughs> um, You know, because you told on me and now I got grounded for life. She's like, that's really not important right now. Your dad's being um, hunted by the most powerful um, coven in uh Salem or the United States. And so the sisters go out to look for Trasky themselves, but they couldn't find him and they need a dummy to lead them to him. And of course it's Cassie's dumb jock football boyfriend who leads the Sanderson sisters right to her house. And Cassie sees them, goes inside and says like, is that the motherfucking Sanderson sisters? Yeah, don't have time to explain. We gotta hide. The kids hide, um very funny moment as they're talking alexa answers them <laughs> and mary's like there's a woman trapped in that box and her and winifred freak out um hilarity uh so they the witches go in the house looking for the girls they find and confront becca in the garage becca distracts them and says this is all the achillea syrup the juice of the achillea plant that you need um if you don't let me go, I'll pour it on the ground. She's like, you're so annoying. And so she distracts them long enough for Izzy and Cassie to pour a salt circle around the sisters, um, trapping them within the circle and giving them time to like breathe and figure shit out. Um, so the girls finally squashed their beef. Cassie was just like, well, you guys started to ice me out. And Becca and Izzy were like, well, you only wanted us to hang out with your boyfriend and his stupid friends. Why would we want to hang out with people that make fun of us? And the boyfriend was like, I don't make fun of you guys. And Izzy and Becca look at him. You call us witches and other names and laugh. And he's just like, I was just making conversation. He's like calling. She's like pointing out people's differences and laughing at it is making fun of them. The boy did not realize that. Like I said, he's just a few you know nuts and bolts loose um anyway um mayor Trasca comes home they try to pour salt so he doesn't get near the sisters as they want his blood or whatever the robo vacuum cleaners were following their owner mary ended up cleaning up some of the salt sisters get set free um and they grab casing and go back to the woods which is their second place where they're gonna hold the spell all the while while you're doing this gilbert dug up billy butcherson and him and billy butcherson were going around town um getting all the ingredients they actually needed billy's head because he's uh uh winterford's past lover and billy didn't notice that until much later but anyway gilbert gets everything his life is saved um for the time being the sisters throw him away and they begin to do this magica spell and as they're as they were flying off becca um becca had reached out for cassie and you know power came out of her hands and izzy's like oh my god you're a fucking witch (laughs) and becca's like what the fuck (laughs) and so they go to the woods and her hands are glowing again and izzy's like look i know this my izzy's lines are some of my favorite she's like i know this is a really big time in your life i mean you just turned 16 but i really do you think you could use your magic to save cassie (laughs) 
Um, and so Beck was like, yeah, go get Cassie. I'm going to distract um, Winifred. And so they had already started the spell. Um, they have to chant it seven times, but they did like two or three times. Uh, Becca comes and interrupts. She, you know, flings out magic at Winifred, but it doesn't really do anything. Winifred flings the magic back, and we find out that now Mary and Sarah both have magical powers as well. As they were doing the spell, um, Becca gets hit a couple times with more bolts. Cassian is able to run away. Becca, um, she sends Mary and Sarah after um Izzy and Cassie and it's Winifred it's just Winifred and um Becca talking and Becca says to the book I know you don't want to do this curse you have a choice I know it doesn't feel like you have a choice but you have a choice and so she calls book and book comes to her and she runs off with the book um the girls meet back up again and Becca's and then they're confronted again with the Sanderson sisters Becca's able to um before that though uh book opens up and shows them the warning page for the the spell magica maxica and it says that um you can't keep the power to yourself it has to share and the witch that uses the spell has to pay a price for her most um beloved or treasured things um and so the Sanderson sisters come again when if it tries to harm the girls becca throws up a protection shield just out of reaction um and izzy's like you have to share the power and becca's really terrified but she she holds izzy's hands and then holds cassie's hands and the three of them are able to hold up the shield against the sanderson sisters and sanderson sisters you know what i don't need the book anymore we're gonna do the spell on our own so they do the spell and that's when becca and the girls realize that they have to warn the sisters that what they're doing could cost them cost them big and so uh becca and the girls go back to sanderson sisters they finish the spell they're very powerful and um as they're celebrating mary and sarah begin to dissipate and becca informs her that you had to pay the price for using that spell and the price is your most beloved thing and the thing that means the most to you and that would be her sisters so her sisters um who just got their magical powers begin to dissipate into the wind and Winifred's like oh my god no can you do something she's like I don't I don't want to be powerful power means nothing without my sisters and so Becca tries the reuniting spell that the book shows her because the book is crying because the book feels bad too (laughs) and so they try the reuniting spell and at first it doesn't seem like it works and it says um the spell is not to bring them back here to you it's to send you to them and so Winifred dissipates and she goes back to her sisters and now the Sanderson sisters are no more Becca keeps the book Gilbert promises never to make another black candle again um and uh was it Billy Butcherson is finally put to rest he gets to fade away because Winifred is now gone for good. Um, Becca, Cassie, and Izzy are now a coven together. Uh, they're they're back to being friends. They're deciding on what movie they want to watch. And as the movie ends, we get to see Cobweb, the cat, back in the Sanderson, now Magic Shop cottage. He hops on a shelf. And behind him, it says, Black Candle Number 2. Um, and as, uh, the girls are leaving, 
with the book, we get to see a crow, which is identical to Mother Witch, flying over Salem. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, Marin, thoughts? Yeah. Um, I thought the movie was enjoyable. It's, how do I say this? There's a, I ended the movie and I was like, when you watch a movie made in the 90s and then you watch the remake made today, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It feels different Yeah. in a way that I'm like, uh, it could never like equal to the first movie in a right. way. Um, right. But in general, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the... Honestly, my favorite part is the beginning of the movie, Cinderella's Castle, the cut from going... Oh yeah, yeah, that was blue cool. To the green and then the like the tone of this the song changing. Yeah, that was good. Really like that. Oh, I completely skipped that. One second. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it going though. Keep going. Um, that can I just talk about like uh, my favorite parts in the movie and stuff like that? Yeah. Um. Okay. So I really liked in the beginning when Winfred is that her name? Um, was walking back to her home in Salem and she cuts off that old older lady and the older lady goes well that's enough for me today and turned right back around <laughs> and walked into her house um and yeah no I, I thought the movie was cute and fun you know I didn't think it was the best but most remakes are not so <laughs> <laughs> right uh Corey thoughts yeah, same as Marion. I thought it was really, really cute. Um, but as soon as I finished the movie, I was just like, okay, well, it's it didn't have as much. Uh, it wasn't as iconic as the first one. It felt like a Disney Channel movie, like literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was the first one in theaters, or was it that also a made-for-TV movie? I think it. Let me look at the. Uh, I think it was just a Disney Channel. Yeah, it was just a, a DCOM. It's just a Disney Channel movie. That's so interesting because I don't know the older Disney Channel movies. They all have like a certain like vibe to them, where some of them feel like it could have been like in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Of like, being, like, it took like, it real seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This also... one definitely felt like a Disney Channel original like movie. Oh wait, never mind. Oh, it was upon its release, it was received mixed reviews from film critics and was not a box office success. Also, oh, it wasn't in theaters. Yeah, oh, it was in theaters. I didn't realize it was in theaters. I mean, well, it did come out in 93. Oh, yeah, budget box office. I didn't see that. Okay, yes. Yes, it did come out in theaters. Okay, that makes more sense now. Because the first one had like more of a movie feel. This one felt like yeah. a Disney Channel original movie, which is not like a yeah. horrible thing. This is definitely mm-hmm. like a fun, cute movie. It's just like when you have such a legendary, like cult <laughs> classic that came from, it's kind of hard to live up to it. So yeah, but it was right. definitely like a, a very like fun watch. I definitely recommend, you know, showing this to your kids after they watch the first one, of course. <laughs> yes, Nia thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with what uh, Marin and Corey said. Um, I was kind of not gonna lie, a little bored halfway mm-hmm. through. I was kind of confused one I completely forgot the names of the main characters because they hardly said their names in the movie so I was kind of like okay I don't I'm not attached to any of these kids like I don't care what happens to them to be honest um I think they knew that and they kind of made the movie about the Sanderson sisters because they were like the majority of the movie um 
like I really was um I was kind of confused on what the journey was supposed to be a little bit. And I know that the storyline was probably um, clearer. I just wasn't fully entranced in it, if that makes sense. Um, I think it was um, the jokes weren't hitting. Um, I did not laugh, (laughs) Um, but I bet some kids will laugh at a few of these jokes. Um, I feel like there is, I feel like it kind of felt rushed. I'm not going to lie. I feel like they were trying to scramble because it's almost the 30th year anniversary thinking like, well, what can we do? And I feel like I honestly would have loved uh, like bring all the original cast back. Like it's the kid of um, the Danny or something kid of like whatever his name was, his name Max, I think. Um, Like, I don't know. I feel like i that would have been a cool continuation thing. Make it like a lineage, like the kids of these kids of these kids will have to continue to deal with the Sanderson sisters forever. I don't know. That's just me. Um, but I feel like the, it was cute. Like I'm not going to watch this ever again, but I think it's like a cute kind of paying homage to the original. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be too negative because I do think it's meant to be campy, but uh, I just wasn't, it wasn't on my list of like, okay, I'm going to add this to my Halloween canon. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I think maybe they, they might have tried to actually, let me read part of this development thing. Like for reference, this just popped in my head. Like when the first movie ended, when um, Binks went to go reunite with his sister, I literally was in tears the first time I saw that. So I, and it could have been, I was young, but like the emotional moment of the Sanderson sisters, like all disappearing, it should have felt like more important. Um, it kind of felt like a little rushed, little. With that. At the very end, I was like, when she was, when, Winnie had um was looking to the girls for help I was like oh that was quick I was like it was a yeah switch around yeah it does feel like quick and it doesn't really give you time to like feel anything um I felt like they spent more time on the jokes than they did the character the emotional part of it um yeah and also I noticed that there were no adult jokes in this. I was watching the first one and there were way more like, okay, this might not be complete. Like these are going to go over kids heads jokes. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying every kid's movie needs that, but I mean, I think that's what made like the first one kind of more like charming. I think we also have to give grace at the fact that this movie was made in 2002 with 2002 kids of mine. It's not made for 30-year-old adults who watched Hocus Pocus 2. Hocus Pocus 1 to find themselves in Hocus Pocus 2, what I feel like. Right. Because if it was, it would have been much darker, much more raunchy. Um, But also 90s films. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not trying to say it needs to be dark. I'm just more so saying like... I know, I know, I know. Like, it it Um, had a little more edge, if that makes sense. Yeah, but also 90s films in general... Most kids' films that were made in the 90s to the early 2000s weren't... It was a family movie, not a children's movie. Does that make sense? Mm. Would this be made for the fans who used to watch it? Because kids are not going to understand... Like, the, some of the, like this movie gave me, like, 12-year-old vibes. 
Um, but not like I don't think like when I the movie gave me like twelve year olds would watch this, but these twelve year olds mm-hmm. are not gonna understand why the Sanderson sisters are so iconic. So I almost felt like the movie was supposed to be made for the thirty year olds, but I was confused as to why it was released. Well, I guess it's owned by Disney, so it makes sense. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I did think it was if it, I did expect it to be a little darker. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be darker. Um, maybe it's also because I haven't watched the first one in a while, so I can't really compare the two. I do know that um, I like the look of the '93 one versus the second one. I feel like there's just that type of coloring and editing and filming mm-hmm. that goes along with the 93 version that just can't be replicated in 2002 because everything's so high tech yeah um now it's very clean very crisp i do think i mean i laughed a couple times i enjoyed the the brand of humor that they chose to do for this one they still kept the characteristics of the sanders and sisters and did their best to make the main characters feel new and alive and things like that um i do think they could have used some more emotional standpoints to make the main character stand out but it's hard for kids to stand up against the standards that's just in the first place like i don't even remember the first the main characters from the first movie like even though their story their story was sad um but i also think this is what happens and why well one of the reasons that the emotional notes didn't hit as well in the second one it's because at the end of the day, the Sanders and sisters are villains. Yeah. They killed mm-hmm. a little girl. <laughs> they sucked the soul out of a little girl. They turned somebody into a cat. They lured a bunch of children away and stuff like that. So we find them iconic, but you also, I feel like it wasn't, they tried to make the main characters' stories and the Sanderson sisters' stories match up by giving us that Salem bit in the beginning. But by this time, they're villains. <laughs> like, you can't right. do a lot to come back from eating children. <laughs> like, So I feel like they did the right thing by not making that emotional point hit you in the gut. Like, the big, or oh, whatever his, the cat's name in the beginning in the first one and his little sister was supposed to hit you in the gut yeah he watched his little sister die and then got turned into a cat and then had to like for 300 years make sure the sanderson sisters didn't come back and then they did come back and now he has to fight them again so that was supposed to be an emotional standpoint because these girls are just meant to send the sanderson sisters on his way and i don't think the story was ever going to be the same emotional standpoints because you can't make us feel empathy for the Sanders sisters after we vanquished them in the first place. Like, we love the characters. They're iconic. But in, like, the overall sense of the storytelling, it's just you have to have your antagonist and protagonist, especially if you didn't start making the antagonist gray area in the first place. Making them gray area in the sequel doesn't really work. We should have been able to see some of that, that how they became witches side of them in the first one and then maybe the attachment would have been different but you know they definitely right. I do agree with Nia that they definitely not Nia but Marin that they definitely probably did write this with the nostalgia in mind mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of different tones going on in the film um, which makes it monotone in some sense so it, it makes sense that people could check out um 
mm-hmm. because again, the people that have the most screen time are not the people that we were emotionally attached to in the first film. Yeah. Also, this is random, but like in the first one, they I they're probably um, I remember, and I was young, feeling like a sense of urgency, like that the kids were in genuine danger. I feel yeah. like in this one, I didn't feel that. Like even when they were fighting right. against them in their little action scenes, I never felt like the girls were gonna get hurt or like something bad was gonna really happen. Yeah. So. And I'm not saying they needed to make that happen, but I just felt like that sense of urgency right, of like, right, okay, right. they're ch- getting chased was never there. It's, so the tension wasn't high. Right. There's not enough spookiness in this to be a spooky movie. Um, I blame that on the directors, if anything. When the girls were getting hurt, they should have gone the extra mile to actually give us a feeling of danger. Because once yeah. they figured out the salt thing, it was like, oh, they're just going to use the salt and we'll be okay for a minute. And it's like, oh... Becca's a witch. Maybe Becca shouldn't have realized she was a witch until the very last second. They did not think about the main three girls enough for the film to have a lot of emotional attachment to it. So yeah, the conclusion that this was written with the eyes of nostalgia for people to see the Sanders and Stitches again, to see their hijinks was more of a thing than... Um, making a kind of cohesive story. So like, yeah, what Corey said earlier, that it's a good Disney Channel movie. You could not have released this in the theater. (laughs) It would have (laughs) tanked. It would have tanked very badly. But I think it's a pretty good movie. I do appreciate the diversity of the cast. The one, the first one is very white. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can't see a person of color anywhere in the first movie. Anywhere, so I do appreciate that. I do think the girls who are playing Becca, Lizzie, and Cassie did a good job with what they were given. Of course, the Sanderson sisters did their thing and reprised the role well. Um, it was nice to see the cast together again. Um, nothing beats I will put a spell on you, but you know, um, I'm gonna get you. It was good. I like that the choreo was in it. That was fun. That was a really. It was a good way to include a musical number without it being obnoxious. <laughs> Which I think is uh, something that most Disney Channel movies do well. And Hocus Pocus continues to do well. So yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, Any more thoughts before we do rankings? Uh, None for me. Nope. Okay. Man, what do you give Hocus Pocus to? I give it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. What are you, Corey? Yeah, I'd give it a 6. It was pretty solid. What about you, Nia? Um, I give it a 5. I just say it's like average. Okay. Um, I give it a 7. I thought it was decent. Um, highly recommend. I think this is a good movie you could turn on for your kids. Um... And add it into your Halloween Rolodex if it so fits you. We are going to end Disney Week with Robin Hood. So make sure you were, um, make sure you are subscribed, following our channels. As we continue Spooktober, our spooky general episode is going to be hella fun. That will be released on the 30th right before Halloween. Um, you can always join our Discord to see what our schedule is going to be. Also, make sure you are followed us on commented at Twitter tiktok a comedy podcast or the discord we're going to be sitting out a survey as 
me and Nia are going to be doing a K-drama dry spell episode. And we would love to hear you guys' opinions about what you're watching, what you're not watching, why you can't watch anything. So make sure you are tapped in there. But, uh, and also leave us a five-star review. It lets us know that we are doing well and you guys enjoy our content. Um, but until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Bye-bye. <laughs>